And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We are poolside in Scottsdale, Arizona, hometown of this guy, Ari Wasserman, who's somebody's husband now. I know. As of this week. Ari. Hey, feel, you feel different? I feel like the world's best con artist. You, you probably are. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, so. if, if y'all have seen his Instagram, like you see pictures of the wedding day, this is this is tremendous work by you, Ari. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know if I feel like a bad person for saying this, but as that was the best day of my life, and there was a lot of planning involved, and it was something I'll never forget. I'm also very happy it's over. So, like, <laughs> I, I have a relief about me now where I can. You know, be on this podcast with you without getting a text from my significant other and my wife. I guess I can call her now. That's exactly right. Um, Asking to call the lighting person or to figure out what the open bar situation. There's so much planning involved, and most of which, whenever I made a move, I was wrong, and we had to redo it anyway. So it's just it's it's a nice little nice little feeling to be able to go on to life and kind of enjoy. Just being normal again. When I got married many, many years ago, before the iPhones existed and before, well, I don't even know if digital cameras existed because we still have the negatives from our uh, wedding photographer. But I do remember saying at one point, like, if everything I do is going to be wrong, do I need to do anything? I, th- I think that every, was a mistake. I think Ari. every future groom has that same comment. Yeah. So you weren't unique in that, and I, uh, I did my best to be a team player and to, you know. Be supportive and do everything that I could to make it feel like it was easier on her. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, when I like looked around the wedding and had that moment of like, wow, how did this all come together? It really hit me that I did re- I, I did in between nothing and nothing. Also, when it was all but said she and done. did an amazing job. She did I mean, based yes. on the photos I saw. Yes, uh, I, did, did Bryce Young crash your wedding? So you know how you do the first look. Yes, oh, things have changed. We oh, talked right, about right. this. So we did. Yes, you mentioned this yesterday. I didn't know about this concept of the first look, which is a staged, staged but not staged, because it really is the first time the groom is seeing the bride in her wedding dress, but it's staged for a photo as opposed to being when the groom is standing there at the altar. So when I was, when I got married in, a million years ago, I was at the altar the first time I saw my wife in her wedding dress. She was coming down the aisle, so you get the, ah, wow! So that that's So you guys did that, but now standard procedure is, the photographer sets it up, doesn't exactly tell you when it's going to happen. I come out, I come yeah. out like five minutes before uh, the wife emerges, yeah. and I'm in a courtyard looking the other direction, mm-hmm. and then I stand there aimlessly waiting for Britt to tap me on the shoulder. Right. At which time the cameraman or the, the photographer is standing somewhere waiting to take pictures of my initial reaction. Right, right, right. So it's completely manufactured, even though it was... But anyway... So I did that. We took a bunch of pictures once I saw her, uh-huh. Andy, and then she disappeared back into the room because yes. then there's more like prep. only a half hour yeah. before the wedding more starts. Prep. And then all of a sudden I see Bill Landis. Uh, and I come over and he's with his wife and I hug Bill. 
uh, you know, thanks for coming, all that stuff. You're our, like, our esteemed Ohio yes. State reporter at the uh, at the Athletic, yep. And I looked off into the distance and I said, Bill, is that Bryce Young? <laughs> and like Bill's like, because it was really far away, but it looked just like him. And and Bill said, actually, I think it is. I was just joking at first because yeah. like, I just thought I was making a joke. That guy looks like Bryce Young. And then when I went up to the wedding and whatever and, and Bill saw him again a half hour later, and he was wearing the official licensed Alabama backpack. Wow. So we're like 95% sure that Bryce Young, the former five-star quarterback, because uh, if he was the a current, first, The reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, yeah, no, I, I wanted <laughs> to make sure that... Name now. No, I think we, uh, we have to make sure that a star rating is mentioned, because if he That's was a four-star, it would have been a bad omen. Right. The fact that there's a five-star quarterback who went on to win the Heisman... Um, at my wedding, I think is a good omen for our future. So I don't know what he was doing at the Surface Sand Resort. How much better would it have been, though, if during this first look process, if would have turned around if, and seen if, Bryce if, Young? No, <laughs> if you'd have been tapped on the shoulder and gone and just it, not breaking kayfabe at all, <laughs> gone, Britt, is that Bryce Young? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like literally five minutes later. So uh, that hotel is a very nice hotel. Well, great. So uh, I don't know what's going on with the NIL situation well, you, you over there. You heard but Nick he, Saban talk about his NIL yeah, deal. Yeah, so. yeah. So, I mean, hey, the guy's uh, maximizing his potential. And I, uh, if you would have called me, I would have gotten him a, a wedding rate. Well, and you you could have found out if Jordan Addison was there. I know you you were he was a, he was with a young lady. So I don't think Jordan Addison was there. I. So, but you never know. Well, listen, you were getting married. You might have missed some things. I know, yeah, the sure. The Bolitnikov winners in the transfer portal, for God's sake. <laughs> yes, yes. So is that like, I think that's kind of where the podcast is probably going to end up going. Have you talked about this yet we on have, the show? We have a bit. Now, okay. he was not officially in the portal when Max Olson and I discussed it going into to Monday. But we, we he was obviously headed there. Uh, the thought at the time was USC is, is heavy on him. That seems the likely destination. Since then, it has become apparent that there are other suitors involved. Uh, Texas, where his, his former receivers coach, Brendan Marion, is now. I believe they would like a chance to, to sign him. Miami, uh, with, with John Ruiz and, and Life Wallet, the, the company where if you're a Miami athlete, you were probably doing commercials for that company. Uh, that seems to be a possibility. And, you know, uh, Alabama which is why I asked you about Bryce Young. <laughs> and, yeah, because they were hanging they out. They were both there. Yeah. yeah, they were hanging out. And so, and and now Alabama's gotten a couple of receivers. They got one from Louisville. Uh, they got one from Georgia. They might not be in the market. We'll see. But that is very interesting to me. And, and it's so funny because there was a tweet over the weekend about from, from somebody who covers Pittsburgh, but not with a reputation of, of getting a lot of super inside information, that that – Bright, that Jordan Addison was going to get what, what did they say he was going to get it was something ridiculous like a million dollars a crazy NIL deal and it, it was one of those, there's, there's no credible information on that it's probably not true based on what we've heard of other transfers it's, it's way above what the market's paying right now but everyone wanted to believe it. Everyone ran with it immediately as fact. Can I ask you a really stupid question? Feel the first free. thing I thought about when Feel I heard free. about this. Feel free. Is two and a half weeks ago, USC was very much in the mix for Josh Connerly Jr., the five-star offensive tackle from the 2022 Correct. class. That, yeah. And he went to Oregon, and, mm-hmm. the, and the narrative, or at least the discussion points, following his commitment Oregon to Washington. Oregon way ahead of... of or, or the, uh, Oregon, I mean. Yeah, Oregon way ahead of USC in, in NIL. the NIL game, yes. And then two weeks later, 
they are now the favorite to land the receiver because they're backing up the Brinks truck. But see, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, right. are they in on this or are but they not in because, on this? That's because you think critically and logically, Ari. It makes no sense. I have decided, based on watching everyone's behavior, that most people want to believe every single thing they hear about NIL. Like, that, te- they want to believe Texas A&M paid $30 million for a recruiting class, even though that's patently ridiculous. And if they had $30 million, they would have paid to have Kenyon Green and DeMarvin Leal come back. Like, it's stupid, but everyone believes it. And, and we got a great test of that in the last couple of days. So on, <laughs> I saw this <laughs> on Wednesday, Will Bazer, and if I'm, I'm messing up your last name, Will, I'm sorry, but Will is a, a big Texas guy, uh, hosts a couple of, of, of Texas podcasts, obviously a very funny guy, like hilarious guy, because he, he has put out what I can only call a piece of performance art. It's gorgeous. So it should be an NFT. So here's the tweet. This is from Wednesday, you know, sometime in the afternoon. Breaking. Texas is in the process of putting together a $3 million NIL deal to sway Cincinnati defensive end Osef Josai. <laughs> now, if you're looking at this even slightly critically, you're going, wait a second. Wasn't Joseph Osai a Texas player? That name sounds familiar. And if you Google Joseph Osai, or if you just know these things, which if you you're, probably just know if you're it someone who he's covers, very, very famous now. You're someone who covers yeah. college football, you probably should, but apparently most people don't. Joseph Osai is a Cincinnati defensive end because he plays for, for the, the Bengals. <laughs> so, but so many people, and, and look, civilians taking this and running with it, I get it. Well, so you, many people turn this into, yeah, this is, this is happening. Like, no, it's not happening. Well, I think that the only real uh, thing that a person needs to see on Twitter for them to to view something as fact is it to look like a professionally done tweet. Yeah. Like if a person crafts it like a journalist would, breaking all caps, colon, and right. then writes something in a way that a journalist would write it, then all of a sudden it's fact. And everybody in the mentions was buying it, were freaking out, you know, this is ruining the game. All, all Everything that you can imagine was there. So my, my friend and former radio co-host, Jason Horowitz, one of the people who got got by this thing and... I, I fair warning. I I texted him and said, "Hey, fair warning. We're going to talk about this on the podcast." But yes. On his SiriusXM show on Thursday, he and Ben Hartsock were talking about this thing, and so he, uh, yeah, hook, line, and sinker. What's wrong right now? Right from a from a from a perspective of you know, there's a report out there today that Texas is looking for a three million dollar NIL deal from this transfer from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. All right. That feels wrong Not to, I would say, 75% of college fans. From the bear. And I don't mean feels wrong from a standpoint of fans don't believe college athletes should be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. It feels wrong because that doesn't feel like name, image, and likeness. Now, at the moment, it might be because it's all out there and that might be the going rate. And if that's what someone's saying is the going rate, and that's capitalism and blah, 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 then that's quote-unquote NIL. But that's not what we thought it was supposed to quote-unquote feel like. There's that story out there. 75% of college football fans, 80% of college football fans probably feel that that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And when you get that big of a number, that's on both sides of the social spectrums. That's on both sides of, you know, how you are with your politics versus how you are with your college athletics. It wasn't. This is like taking an onion story and saying there's a report out there. Yeah. I mean, it's just 
The thing too is that I do think that there's a correlation between how wound up people are. Yeah. Because I think I think that a lot of people are scared that the game is going to get messed up. Right. And I think they are on high alert to talk about every single thing that they I, see. I, I can tell you right now, if Texas starts signing people off the Bengals roster, the game's going to get crazy. No, but you know what I mean. Like They, they <laughs> right. take every single report that confirms what they're afraid of, right. regardless of whether or not it's true, and go, look what's happening to the sport that we love. It's getting out of control. This thing's all going downhill, and they don't even stop to consider that somebody's messing around. Now, yeah. the thing that's most interesting to me, and I'm very curious to know what you think about this, is when you look up at NIL, yeah. I think there's two different ways to view it. Mm-hmm. One is, do you think the athlete should be paid? Yep. And I think most people, yes. for the most part, would agree that they should. Right. The second question, which is completely unrelated to the first is, question, is... Should schools is, pay for recruits? It, 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 the second yeah. question is, do you think it's good for the sport? Well, no, no, no. There's two. There's three, three prongs of it. The, what Jason was referring to is, well, NIL was presented as them doing ads, not people buying recruits. Anybody thinking through it logically knew that people would buy recruits because these are competitive yeah. people and this That's is a the entire world situation. of college football. You make yeah. a rule, there's a gray area, then you live in the gray area. Yeah, exactly. In every possible way. So what what people need to understand, and look, this bell will not be unrung because this is already happening. Yeah, you can't You're take never it back, going no. to put it back in the bottle. People are gonna buy recruits. Get over it. But but is that good for the game? Well, if it gets teams that weren't competitive for the national title competitive for the national title I would say that addresses a major complaint that people had about the game would it not yeah but all these reports seem to be small school lose good player to big school okay it's it doesn't seem to be like right Pitt's going to land right Bryce Young from Alabama and, and, and because they're is, putting together and a that, five, is, that yeah. is the problem that is the problem the feeder system issue the mid you know middle class schools getting screwed and and for Pitt it is pretty awful. They just won the ACC. Like, a team that just won the ACC shouldn't lose its best player. Because if I were a fan of a middle-tier program that achieves something that it doesn't normally achieve only to get rated, that would take the wind out of my sails to want to watch the sport. I, I think it will. I think for those fans, it probably will. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The question I have is, do you think there are deep-pocketed programs, and maybe Pitt's not a good example, but in the Pitt class that can flip the script and take really good players away from from established programs? Like, will an Ohio State receiver who was a finalist for the Blitnikoff transfer to Oklahoma State. I don't think they I don't think they'd be able to do it without the bigger school matching. I think that's the okay. that's the issue right there. Now, I do think a TCU, an SMU, a school that had Baylor, school that has some deep pocketed boost and they're not all in Texas, but that that seems type, to be a theme there, Andy. I wonder school, what that is. Well, yeah, private school in Texas so yeah. that, that may have some experience in this field going back decades. I do think that somebody like that might be able to do it, but you have to pick your spots. It would not be – you couldn't do it every year. You couldn't do it for every guy that comes down the pike. But if you pick the right spot, the position you really need, at a place where the person can make the highest impact, then maybe you could. Yeah, we're together right now, and we're in – But you have to overpay. yeah. That's, that's where you might actually try to believe some of these things because that type of place would have to overpay, whereas like Alabama and Georgia don't have to overpay. I'd go, pay, I'd go play anywhere if they overpaid. Well, of course. I don't, I don't even know how much. No, I, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You say that, but you, you wouldn't. There is Because I think there's some players that will take a discount to go play for somewhere where they think that place will make them a first-round So that's, draft that's the question yeah. then. How much does going to Alabama, what is that worth monetarily? Just the, just right. the essence of going there. I, I the, don't know the, that we have a number for it yet, but if you look at the number of first-rounders they've pumped out over the last 10 years, or it's not even just first-rounders, like first three rounds, first four rounds, because there's, there's a big difference, really big difference between the first three rounds and the next four. Like, if you're drafted in the first three rounds, you're making the roster as a rookie. Like, they're not cutting you. And that's, that's a big deal to be guaranteed that, essentially guaranteed that spot. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think about, like, if I were a five-star prospect and Pitt offered me $3 million, um, how much money does Alabama have to offer me to match that offer if it doesn't match it monetarily? And I wonder if the strength and conditioning program, the coaching, mm-hmm. the 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 resume as it pertains to uh, producing first-round draft picks, competing at a high level, uniforms, and the NIL money that you'll be able to make once you get there, how much is that package worth? Would you say a half a million? A million? Like Per per year? I don't know. I mean, because most of these deals aren't anywhere near that neighborhood per year. Yeah, but it just seems like the bigger schools that tend to be recruiting the best aren't the ones that are engaging in the most crazy deals that we're reading about. It's always the but school. we're not yeah but remember we don't have we know about the the one the two million dollars per year you know up to two million dollars per year guaranteed we've seen that contract we we're pretty sure we know who that is yeah we're pretty sure that's Nico yes um and and I asked Nico's dad that and he gave me a solid no comment on that yeah he didn't say no um but 
We've not seen actual deals. I, I believe, yeah, they're blowing some leaves. The, this, this hotel, very nice. Lots of landscaping going on constantly. So you're hearing a leaf blower in the background. It just happens. It's, this, is, this, is the, this is the price of, of the scenery that we get to enjoy. Our yes. Day. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's just very, and the thing that like is most irritating to me about NIL yeah. is the inconsistency, not just in what we believe and who's doing what. It's like in the USC losing one recruit and then getting another. It's just all these numbers flying around that are unverifiable, mm-hmm. and you don't even know what is actually true and what's not true. It's like even if you go back and look at the first major NIL deal right. that we were talking about a year ago, which was Quinn Ewers leaving high school early to go make a million dollars. I would right? bet any <laughs> amount of money <laughs> that it's not that a million that man dollars? did not make a million dollars in his six months I would, on campus. I, I would not take your bet so, because you would take my money. So, so, like, how much are these people actually making, I think, is a huge is a huge thing to well, learn because it's all these like ah six hundred here, a million here, or two hundred grand here. It's like are these who, people making that? You know who really wants to know that? College coaches, athletic directors, the people who run these collectives, they don't know that. That they they're asking us that when yes. we talk to them. Because we've we've got information from other schools and you know we try to verify it as well as we can and we try to find as much true information as we can that we, we can obviously give to you and since we're giving it out to the public, we're, we're happy to give it out to, to the folks in the business. And they're genuinely curious. I, that's what makes this so interesting to me is the people involved don't know. And, it, and, and it's a market that is constantly changing because like I, I've given the example a bunch of times about how if I went to the athletic and said someone has offered me a million dollars to do the same job I'm doing here, that the athletic would just laugh at me because they would know that I was lying or that someone was dumb enough to pay way over market value. And that's when you have a business, uh, the, the folks who listen to this who own their own businesses know this because they have to figure out how much to pay, pay their employees. Fair market value is everywhere. Right. But your market value is It's a is business owner's is, responsibility to know that. It is, is exactly right. Yeah. But it may be their responsibility to know it, but when the market is nine months old... It's still really hard to know. And a bunch of fake numbers are flying around, too, which can make it really confusing. Yeah. So, you know, and also these contracts are all written differently. And somebody mentioned this during our seminar Mm -hmm. that I thought was interesting. But I think there's a very big difference between uh, contract total and guaranteed money. Exactly. And that's – isn't that what we always talk about with with NFL contracts where where somebody says, what is – what is the total amount of this contract? And the one that always comes out first is the one the player's agent leaks, which is the total amount. of. If, if all is perfect, the stars align, the guy is, is, is a freak of nature who plays until he's 37 years old, like that is the total amount. The guaranteed amount, which is what the team leaks later, is the real amount that you should be basing everything yes, on. Yes, yes. So that's another issue with this because – you notice even in that contract for, for the $8 million man, the $2 million a year man, the words up to are featured very prominently in that contract. That's right. Up to is a very important phrase in almost every walk of life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously there, there is a there's a sense that there are people who are just throwing out keys to the brink trucks to people to simply just come on campus. But when you're talking about this amount of money, there is some sort of 
expectation or performance-based mm-hmm. language written into these contracts. Because well, no, you no, can't, there's no performance-based language yeah, written but in. But it's, it's all based on... The, the, yes. The, the, the performance may be you show up physically at this place right. at yeah, this time. I didn't mean you have to a, score a X number basis. of touchdowns yeah. or throw. Right. I just meant, like, you have to be a body that's on the field in some capacity, both either in practice or in the game. Nope. They're not written that way. No. Because you can't, in, in, in a lot of states, you can't make... It contingent upon enrollment in a university. What, but, but here's what you can do. You must come to this place, this physical address, be physically present here. That's what I mean. Every Thursday. But it doesn't have to do with playing or being on yes, a roster. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I just think that, like, that was... I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and yeah. maybe a, a little bit of my... Uh, my verbal semantic problem, but like <laughs> I, I do think that like, but there is a certain expectation. You can't just like sign the contract no. and then not show up and get right. the money. Is exactly. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, which is which is pretty common in every contract, right? Yes, yes. If, if we stopped writing stories, I think the athletic would probably stop paying us. Yeah. So <laughs> it is very interesting to see how this will all pan out. Um, but also too, it's just like, is there an investment standpoint to this mm-hmm. too? Where if you actually believe in a player's ability. You know, there is a certain aspect of this of just like if we can sign you for X number of dollars and you turn out to be Bryce Young, you might actually be worth more than you agreed to before you come. Mm-hmm. And then that you are an asset to that company, regardless of whether you stay at that and, program and, or not. And that is where and that I find interesting, too. You're, you're, you're exactly right about that. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen where there's going to be a collective that's set up as a marketing agency that obviously they want the team that they're kind of attached to to win. But they also would like this thing to be profitable. Yeah, if you want to make everybody wants to make money. I yeah. don't care how. So if somebody blows up and then they're like, you know what? I don't think I want to play here anymore. I think I'm going to go play over here. If you're a marketing company, you may be a little angry that they want to transfer, but you go, you know what? Let's rewrite this contract so that. You know this physical location you have to show up to. Let's just change of, the physical location. Yeah, instead of instead of you know College Town A, we're gonna make it College Town B. Yeah, and you keep showing up, and we'll keep paying you. Yes, yes. And then <laughs> so, on the back end, they scoop up their percentages or whatever yeah, they get on yeah. top of it, and they're ma- you're making money. So, you know, it's like funny to me too. It's just like, do college football fans love their team more than they want to make money? I don't think so. And also, I wonder if we'll, this is another especially thing. especially the type of college fan. Who's funding a collective? Yeah, they actually want to make. They it's a want person their, who's yes. already made money, and they didn't make money by just being being emotional about it. Yeah, I don't know. Money always seems to be the common denominator of the the evils of the world. But you know, I, I get that too. The other question I have, then, just thinking about this, is: Is there going to be a point in time where it makes less sense for a five star prospect to take any guaranteed money from anybody coming into college? Like where they'll be selling themselves short of what they're worth in comparison to what they agreed to. I okay. This is another good. And, and this is all the market finding itself. Like I keep saying, I cannot wait to read all the business school case studies of this period. Yeah. Because that also dovetails with something else that schools are figuring out. And and you may have missed some of this while you were getting ready for the yeah. wedding. Your current players, who are accomplished, need to be taken care of. That's right. Over yeah. over the new hotness sometimes, or as well as the new hotness. And we, we saw that in basketball. The, the first round of the draft is going on, and we find out that Isaiah Wong, who was Miami's best basketball player last year, is upset because they have 
just taken Nigel Pack as a transfer from from Kansas State, and John Ruiz, the attorney who is running this life wallet company and making all the big NIL deals, he had tweeted out saying that Nigel Pack had a two-year, eight hundred thousand dollar deal, so up to four hundred thousand a year. And Isaiah Wong's like, wait a second. I was the best player on an Elite Eight eight team, and I'm coming back, and and that's not what I'm getting. And so his agent says he may enter the portal if he doesn't get taken care of. Yeah. And and Ruiz tweets the next day, we're not going to renegotiate his life wallet deal, but we're going to make sure he gets some other deals. And and I saw Ruiz tweeted on on Thursday a picture of a billboard with Isaiah Wong on it. So my guess is that was taken care of because he decided to stay. And that'll only be a temporary problem we heard about because it in that football over the weekend too. What's that? We, we, there, there was a case in football over the weekend too, where there was a player on a team. His team just took a transfer, and he was like, oh, "I may go in the portal." He didn't wind up going in the portal, but very good, very good young player too. Yes, yes, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where this this is logically going to happen because yeah, if you've already proven you're good. And, and this, is, this is why the NFL CBA is written the way it is. is that one, at some point, the veteran NFL players were, were going, well, and, and, and not, to, not to speak ill, it's not Sam Bradford's fault. He just happened to be the guy. They're like, why is Sam Bradford guaranteed 50-something million dollars who hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet? Yeah, and it's funny because we just got into this uh, discussion about performance-based stuff. And it's like that's not going to be written legally into the contract because it's a violation of what they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're supposed to represent. But there is a lot of performance-based expectation that's going to be baked into this. Yeah, I mean, if you're a player, and and obviously, I think, especially if you're a recruit right now, you're probably thinking security, security, security. Take the biggest thing I can get right now for the longest period of time. But yes, there is the bet on yourself aspect of this where you may not want to be locked in because if you do a blow up and become a Heisman contender. All of a sudden, there's a lot more available to you. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a. It's just a. Trying to talk about it while the market is finding itself, I think it's fascinating. It 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 really is, and you can get mad about it. You can get you know you can believe every number you hear and let that kind of fuel your anger, but it's not going to change what's going to happen. I mean, we'll be right back after these words. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And there are people that are clinging to the hope of the the reports that were coming out over the weekend that the NCAA is going to get involved and start Oh, that was down. funny. Yeah, they, we're going to use the that, booster pal. rule. Yeah. No, yeah. you're not. Because let's, let me give you a scenario here. In California, a high school player can have an NIL deal. In Louisiana, a high school player can have an NIL deal. 
So let's say you have a five-star defensive end from Laplace, Louisiana, and you make a deal with him, but you're a booster for LSU. But you make an NIL deal with him now, and you'd like him to go to LSU. Well, they're going to try to get you for recruiting to LSU because you're a booster for LSU. When you, when you just did a deal that was completely legal, completely within your state laws framework, like, no, they're not. I think it's just this kind of idea that they're going to be able, like you said, to push the genie back down into yeah. the bottle. And also, when, like, wh- when's that investigation going to wrap up? Yeah, yeah. And let me, yeah, let me know. Uh, <laughs> the kid's going to be yeah. a doctor by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you, you can't put your hand in other people's pockets. I think it's that simple. Yeah. It's like you, you can be as technical as you want to come up with a lot. Like the, the second a college athlete says that an NCAA rule infringed on his ability to cap his marketability or to reach its potential, they're going to they're going to side in favor of him. And I think the days of the NCAA scaring people out of paying people are just done. And we've got to put ourselves in a spot where we just accept that. Well, as, and, and as, the other as thing a, is the NCAA is used to, you know, bullying athletes and their families. These are millionaires that they're going to try. Yes. You, you're not bullying millionaires. And it's actually a really interesting thing to think about, too, because, Andy, I think that the way the stature of these athletes and what they're able and willing to put up with as athletes at, at the college level is going to change. Yeah. I think they're going to find their has. voices more often. Yeah. You're gonna, I think they're going to start carrying themselves with a little bit more power because as things currently stood – High school, I mean, college and high school athletes are so afraid to speak out or or to do anything wrong that would get in the way or infringe on their development into the NFL. But if they're getting paid buku dollars now, I think the power paradigm in the entire sport's going to shift. Well, and I also think, because we're talking about this, and I know there's people listening going, I don't want to hear about this anymore. It's ruining the sport for me, blah, 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 blah. We need some games to happen. We need some games to happen, and we start talking yes. about them. Because once the games happen, this will melt away. We will talk, and it'll still be going on, but this will melt away yeah. as, in terms of the conversation because we're still we're going to be like, oh, my God, did you see that Utah-Florida game or that Arkansas-Cincinnati game? Yeah, I think that also, too, it's I like hope, as much I hope as... Osif Josai tears it up against Arkansas for Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that it's just as much as it is, because like, like I'm even my personally on the fence of like, all of these NIL deals inciting transfers or causing people to enter the portal, players going from middle tier school to top tier school once they're very good. I'm not. I don't like that in terms of like, is that good for the sport? Uh, no, probably I w- not. I would still like Pittsburgh fans, West Virginia fans, to have their good players. Iowa State and keep fans, them. Kansas State fans, to to be able to enjoy this sport as much as they have. Yes, right. But. On the other hand, too, I think that for as much as people are probably tired of talking about it, and frankly, Andy, I kind of am, I do think that it is an important thing to continue to discuss because we're trying to figure out exactly how the market is going to set itself and what are reasonable expectations for how the sport's going to go in the future. And ignoring it because you're afraid that it's going to be weird or it's ruining your passion for the game or you love amateurism or all the other stuff that we see on Twitter every day, I think is is a... makes you an uninformed fan. So I do think that like continually, you know, exploring these things and kind of understanding where this is headed um, is probably a good thing, not for not only for us, but for the people listening to the show. I just thought of something. Do we need to change the title of your podcast, the, the theme of your existence from Stars Matter to Guarantees Matter? Yes. Well, I'm at, I mean, it's funny that you bring that up because I What's am... What's the guarantee with Ari Wasserman I'm and, very, and Mitch Light? I'm very, very... <laughs> 
uh, nervous. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm I'm curious about what the job description is going to be for me in the next few years, because a lot of <laughs> you didn't want to become a business writer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not just that, but who is accountable when a team doesn't get a player now? Oh yeah, is the coach is no longer accountable if they don't lose if they lose out on a guy because they didn't I, pay as much. I feel like we can blame the GM and and, and, and who is the G- who's the GM? It's not the, the leader of the collective, right? Yes, it's not the person that they because they do give out the title GM at some in yeah, some they college do. programs, but it's more that's like a player personnel director. It's, it's more of a director. So of recruiting. so instead of yeah. of breaking down recruiting rankings, I'm going to be breaking down how Collective X did with the money that they had. Is that what's going to happen? Because like I like to think like you and I had a lot of discussions. If on only this. there was, if only there were other sports where that very conversation was had every single yes, day. Yes, but those other sports are also regulated by salary caps, and you understand the. I know that makes like, this way more fun. This is like complete. <laughs> no, this is complete chaos. Yes, but the thing I do want to know is, um, and we've talked about Dan Mullen a lot on this show. Okay, it's like how do you. Like, could you imagine? He's like, if, why am I catching a stray? I'm just trying to enjoy the buyout. Life. You know, could you imagine though if Dan Mullen, like, let's just create a fake universe where Florida's collective or Florida's yeah. boosters come up with, with a way. With Hugh Hathcock, the, to, uh, yeah, the head con- of the Gator Guard, yeah, to continue to to back up that Brink, that brink truck we keep uh-huh. talking about, and then all of a sudden Florida's signing top three classes all of a sudden. Like, if you put Dan Mullen back into the fold, the man, with those the types, man could, the man scheme could it have up. potentially yeah, could been one up. of the best coaches in Florida history as a result of that. So it's like Dan Mullen is no longer the Florida coach because he wasn't very passionate or at least very good from a result standpoint yeah. in acquiring talent. Yeah. But now, if you take that piece of the job, which in my opinion is mm-hmm. 75% of the freaking job right. out of their out of their hands, then how do you properly are we I only able not, to I had not thought about it that way. And you're talking about how we evaluate it. It's more important how their bosses evaluate it. Like how if you were an AD, how do you evaluate your coach's performance if player acquisition is less on his plate? Now it's still part of how many coaches have gotten fired in the last 10 years that you can think of who were generally respected as elite level on the field X's and O's scheme coaches but got canned because they sucked at recruiting? Quite a few. And, and then almost all of them in the SEC. And, and, and yeah. all those coaches, are they now prime candidates for big-pocketed boosters mm. programs because you Jim, give them the talent. It's Jim, like hiring them as an Jimmy, NFL coach. Jimmy Sexton is rubbing his hands together and about to call Dan Mullen and be like, Dan? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know I you're mean, going to talk on TV this year, but next year, yeah, we're back in business. Yeah, no, but it's yeah. Ser- I'm serious. Yeah. It's like, because like we always talk about like if you take a group of five job and then you're put into the SEC with expectations of winning a national title, those are two separate jobs, right? Right, exactly. So taking the recruiting piece out of it and just being a college ball coach that has 100% of his time to be scheming, developing, yep. and all that now stuff is a, a different there, job than what Dan another, Mullen got fired there's from. There's another piece to that. And and this is where, for Mullen specifically, he would have to come, to come to peace with it. And you have to be able to accept that the players have power, they have a lot more agency than they had, and you have to run your program in a way where you, ha- you have to respect that agency, otherwise you run into other problems or they're going to leave or you, you got to deal with that. So it is... But guess what that's like? Being an NFL coach. Exactly. Yeah. So now here's my other question. Now, we, we've seen NFL coaches who got fired wind up as co- – but what if, what if you're a hot NFL coordinator and you understand these dynamics very well and you're not getting a head coaching job in the NFL or, or you know, this cycle is, has not been kind to you or, you know, or someone just offers you $8 million a year to be a college co- head coach? 
suddenly does that seem more attractive if sure. you don't have to be the the tip of the spear for the talent acquisition? There is a very, very, very uh, well-respected up-and-coming recruiter at the college level who was um, coming up through the ranks um, who bolted from college mm-hmm. to the NFL. And the reason that I understand he did that, and I'm not going to say his name because yeah, it's yeah. not important, but the reason why he did that was is that he said that his number one talent, which was connecting with kids and being an elite-level recruiter, is being marginalized by, fina- yeah. by financial discussion, and that his love for the, uh, the, the recruiting side of things has been completely tarnished by it. And if he's going to play at that level, he might as well just go concentrate 100% on football and bolted. So, like, that to me is interesting because yeah, it kind of changes the entire – but then you have – the outgoing coaches who will go to the NFL, but I wonder if then incoming coaches from we'll the NFL will find yeah. the job to be more attractive because, like, I don't know, are the days of flying across the country for in-home visits dying? Like, like how, like, I wonder, like... Yeah, I mean, the head of your collective may have to fly Yeah, but in, is the coach going to be flying all over the country during during the first uh, viewing periods to, to go to high schools and our head coach is going to be in high school so, hallways anymore? So like, I, what are we seeing I, here? I still think the development piece of it matters, obviously, because you, you've got to be able to develop guys and, and get them drafted. You know, this is, like, Texas not getting anybody drafted is bad for Texas recruiting, regardless oh, of whether... you see that stat, by the way? I think it was like one offensive player drafted in the first round since 2006. It's not good. Like I, I was I, even I was blown away by yeah. that. Yeah. So, but that is on the coaches. That that is not on the collectives. There's nothing the collectives can actually do about that. So, that's one of those things that there will still be. But that is a football responsibility. That is not a. You know, part of part of his evaluation. So you've got to you. It's no be different able to than an NFL that. coach hiring his assistants to develop to create his team. Well. No, it's it's GM head coach dynamic is what it is. It's the same as the NFL. Yeah. And then but like when you but as a coach though, instead of worrying about how you're going to set up your recruiting department, yeah. You set up a uh, an elite uh, strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. and coordinators that you believe will run your scheme and yep. you 100% focus and dive into football. And and whether you're aligned with the front office or not, will also help determine your, determine your success. Which is funny because it's yeah. a weird gray area where you're not allowed to be in communication with that person. Yeah, I, I think... I think that probably is going to go away. Yeah. Or if it's not, then no one's going to care. No one's really yeah, paying but, attention to that it, now. So Because I, the recruiting information is so accessible anyway. Right. It doesn't matter if he's... Ta- I mean, anybody who is a Tennessee fan can tell you who their top 10 targets are right now. I, exactly. You don't have to exactly. call uh, Josh Heupel to figure that out. Yeah. But you still are going to want some alignment. It, it would be weird if... The head coach of an NFL franchise wasn't allowed to talk to the GM. Well, sometimes they don't talk to each other. Yeah, that's true. Depends on the re- yeah. So, but that that's a, that's the part that the, when when that relationship sours. So when yeah. when you have a head coach who who the person or or people running the collective feel like is not getting the job done, do they just start grabbing the players they want without consulting? And saying, "Look, you coach. I don't. I don't like you. I don't respect you. You just coach them. And if you don't coach these guys well, we'll fire you." So it's kind of like the well. Billy Bean relationship with his GM. I just watched Moneyball two oh, weeks okay, ago. Okay, there you go. Where well, he Bill, Billy in. Bean was the GM. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. The yeah. owner. Slight, slight interruption as we recorded the show. Uh, you may have heard things cut off abruptly. The it was the end of the Sopranos. Our, Exactly. Exactly. So can we get don't can we clear don't stop believing for that for that scene? No. Our our tech manager at the Andy Staple show. His name 
is uh, Sandy Aples. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is an idiot and does not realize that if you use a, a MacBook in the hot Arizona sun, that it might overheat and then stop working Funny in the enough, middle of a podcast. Sandy Aples also forgot that Ari doesn't operate in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you, listen here, Mr. Tarp off. I don't yeah. want to hear that. Well, the tarp was on. <laughs> so, listen. We, mistakes were made, but we did not have to re-record that podcast. I thought it was a very good show, too. I so thought it was, was a great show. We, we were, were not going to be able to, to recreate do, do, that yeah. energy. So. Yeah, so I'm happy because like, I was really passionate uh, about some of those topics. And I think that like naturally when we're on the podcast, too, and I don't know if you feel this way about me, Andy, but I feel like when you're talking, like things that I didn't think about ever before kind of hit me in the middle of it. And I thought we had some good organic points that just kind of – you know, appeared in my brain, and I couldn't remember them. So I have to listen back and take notes. So, Ari, you are a man of great passion. I am. And there were many orgasmic points. Yes, there were. were Did I I say orgasmic? Did I say orgasmic? I mean, you're going to have to go back and listen to the show. (laughs) Well, I have this problem in my life, and I don't know if it's like brain shortage, but like I'll be talking to people, whether it be my wife or other people, and I'll say something in my brain that makes sense, and then they'll look at me and go, what did you just say? And like it's always not what I meant, but in my head I said it right. So if I said orgasmic, it's, it's I mean, there's like an 80% chance that I actually did. I think this is a t-shirt. Yes. I did I say I orgasmic? Think, I don't think you actually did. I think yeah. if we go back to the tape, which we will not, because we are glad that the macbook god smiled upon us and decided even though it was really hot and we stopped working we didn't stop recording so don't stop recording we cleared it 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 really was the last scene of sopranos yeah macbooks people (laughs) ari as we're recording this it is uh 357 Mountain Standard Time, which is what they say here in, in yes. Scottsdale. Pacific Time to the rest of the world. It's Cinco de Mayo. Happy hour is still going on. I think we should count our blessings and call it a day. I'm with you. We'll talk to you later.